If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that stress and anxiety can cause a lot of harm to us both mentally and physically. Stress contributes to poor sleep, fatigue, and mental fogginess. So how do we prevent or reverse this? Well, Organifi Harmony was created to support women specifically. Harmony combines 12 superfood ingredients into a delicious cacao and chocolate flavored blend that promotes better balanced hormones every day for improved women's health. I have started drinking Organifi Harmony almost every single morning instead of coffee. I just add a scoop to hot almond milk, stir with a spoon, and I know I'm giving my body the good fuel that it needs. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition and high-quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar, helping you move from a depleted to nourished state. You can enjoy any time of the day for more energy, nutrition, hormone balance, and peace of mind. It's a great way to jumpstart your morning, energize your afternoon, or nourish your evening. And the best part is that you can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank with a price that works out to less than $3 a day. Head over to www.organifi.com slash best of you and use code best of you for 20% off your entire order. That's www.organifi.com slash best of you. Hey, everyone. I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Best of You podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you keep coming back each week for these conversations that are just so important as we navigate all the challenges that we face in our families, in our relationships, and frankly, in this world. There's just so much turmoil, so much chaos all around us. And so I so appreciate this time each week to center our hearts and to just pay attention to what is happening inside our souls, our minds, our bodies and to invite God into that process together. Today and next week, we're going to do a two-episode, a mini-series called Loving Your Body as a Spiritual Practice. I have been in a pretty intense process of learning what it means to honor the body that God has given me as a form of honoring God. This is something I do not think comes naturally for most women in particular, and it's not something that we hear a lot about in our faith communities. I do think that message is changing. And so in today's episode, I want to talk about this phrase, spiritual bypassing. We touched on it in my episode with Andy Kolber last week, episode 46, and several of you wrote to me and said, can you talk more about that? What did you mean by that? And so today I want to get into what is spiritual bypassing, and then I also want to touch on what does it mean to bring our whole body? By our whole body, I mean our mind, our heart, our spirit, and the body, the physical body that contains our mind, our emotions, and our spirit, all of those things into our spiritual practices. So to get started today, what is spiritual bypassing? Spiritual bypassing essentially means using spiritual concepts, 
platitudes or spiritual language to bypass or over-spiritualize the real struggles that we face. And one of the ways I like to think about it, it's saying that every single problem, every single struggle of life can be solved with a spiritual solution. And I want you to think about that for a minute, because I think a lot of us might agree with that. We might agree or have even said or have even heard in a sermon that every problem has a spiritual solution. And I'm going to challenge that just a little bit. So spiritual bypassing, this phrase, was actually introduced. It's credited to this Buddhist psychotherapist, actually. His name is John Wellwood in the mid 80s, he began to see a trend in the clients that he was seeing that they would sort of bypass their pain or bypass the reality of their problems by using vaguely spiritual language like, it's all good. I'm just going to follow my bliss. I'm just living my truth. His clients would just sort of repeat these positive sounding phrases that really didn't allow them to get into the heart and soul of what they were really struggling with. And if you remember, again, in episode 46, Andy talked about how there's a secular version, which is called toxic positivity, which is using positive phrases to cover over pain or suffering. But there is also a Christian version of this, and it's using Christian phrases, Christian platitudes, even Bible verses to cover over pain and struggling instead of owning it, naming it honestly, and bringing it into the light where God can actually bring the healing and also sometimes the practical, very embodied resources that we need. So here are some examples of spiritual bypassing and how it might show up in a faith community. So maybe you've shared a hard situation with a small group or a member of your church community, and you've heard a version of the following response. So for example, if you share, you know, I'm really struggling with depression, and someone tells you, you oh, you don't need to feel depressed. God has given you so much. Or you should just pray more. You should just ask God. If you, if you pray more, God will take that addiction or that relationship problem away. Or if you're struggling with forgiveness and you really are carrying resentment towards someone who's really hurt you, you know, someone might say to you, well, you know, God just says you should forgive. You just need to turn the other cheek. But there's no real acknowledgement of the complexity of what that means. And listen, sometimes we do this to ourselves. We constantly tell ourselves, if I would just pray more, if I had just been in the word more, if I was just walking closer with God, I wouldn't be having these problems. I wouldn't be struggling. Everything would just magically fall into place. We tell ourselves these things all the time and we sort of beat ourselves up with this form of spiritual bypassing. You know, if I was more holy, if I was more faithful, if I was a better Christian, I wouldn't be having this fight-flight response and lashing out at my kids, right? If I had just spent more time in the Word today, I wouldn't be behaving in this way. Now, listen, I don't want to suggest that it is not important to spend time in the Word, to spend time in prayer, to ask God constantly for help meeting us where we are in every detail of the day. That is part of the work of growing in spiritual formation, of allowing God to form us on every level. 
some of these things are true. We do need to forgive. We do need to pray more. We do need to be in the word more, right? But here is what I want you to hear me say. God meets us in every pain and every problem that we face. But that does not mean that every problem, every heartache, every challenge has only a spiritual solution. I'm going to say that again. God meets us in every pain and every problem that we face. But that does not mean that every problem, every heartache, every challenge has only a spiritual solution. Some of our problems need very, very practical solutions. Some of our problems need us to attend to a jacked up nervous system, right, that has gone into fight-flight response as a result of a trauma or as a result of stress. And we have to learn how to calm that nervous system through a physical intervention. Some of our relationship problems require the help of a therapist or a third party to help us untangle the knots that have come into that relationship. And it's going to take more than just prayer, or perhaps the way God is going to help us answer those prayers is to teach us how to bring the problems we are facing in our relationships into the light where people who are trained can walk us through it very practically. Sometimes our addictions are going to take medical interventions. We're going to need doctors to help us. We're going to need support groups to walk us through it. These things don't magically get solved through prayer or through reading the scriptures. Now, again, I am not saying that we don't need spiritual solutions. What I am saying is that we limit God if we assume that God only shows up in spiritual ways, that God cannot also show up in very embodied, physical ways. Think when we only hear about the spiritual solutions, especially in our faith communities, we can start to beat ourselves up if those spiritual solutions are not solving the problems that we face. In fact, when spiritual bypassing is used as a prescription, oftentimes it can make us feel more alone in the problems that we face. Instead of sticking close by you in the uncertainty or the complexity of the situation you're facing, when someone spiritually bypasses you, in a way they're sort of blaming you for what's happening. If you were just more spiritual, this wouldn't be happening to you. Instead of helping you ask questions or getting curious about the situation that you're facing, spiritual bypassing minimizes the struggle in the name of a superior faith. And to be honest, it's what we see in Job chapters 20 and 22. It's what the friends of Job were doing. They were sort of looking at Job sitting there in all of his pain and all of his torment after losing so much. And you you just sort of get the picture of these friends coming in with their little kind of spectacles and being academic and being like, well, you must have done something wrong to be hurting in this way, or you must not have been doing enough of your praying and fasting and spiritual disciplines, or God wouldn't be letting this happen to you. And they're coming up with all of these platitudes to explain away Job's problems instead of setting aside all their certainty all their spiritual-sounding language 
and going down into the pain with Job and just sitting down next to him and saying, hey, Job, this is hard. We don't get it either. We know you're not perfect, but we also know you're a really good guy. And frankly, I know I'm not perfect either. And so frankly, I know that whatever you're going through, there's no reason why I'm not going through it because neither of us has it all together. So I'm just going to sit here with you in that pain because I don't really get this. And I don't think it's really fair that you're going through this. And I don't really understand it, but I know I can enter into it with you. And I know that together we can beseech God for mercy. We can ask God for help because I don't have all the answers. But you know what, Job, whoever you are, whatever your name is and the problems that you're facing, I can enter into it with you. And I can sit here with you. I can bring my whole body. I'm not going to sit here above you and sort of float above your problem and analyze it or dissect it or spiritualize it from a safe place far away where I don't have to be tarnished by the pain that you're feeling. I can stay safe outside of it. That's not real friendship. Instead of floating above your pain, I'm going to come and literally take my whole body and I'm going to sit next to you and I'm going to even put my arms around you and I'm going to hold you and I'm going to say, I don't get this either, but I'm here with you. I'm going to help you ask questions together We're going to try to find our way through this. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to bring you the literal, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual presence of my whole body. I'm not going to leave you alone. That's embodied comfort. That's friendship. That's coming alongside someone from a position of, we are all in this together. And man, whatever you are facing, maybe I'm not going through it quite the same way. Maybe my life looks a little less complicated on the surface, but I have enough humility to know that my pet answers are not what you need right now because I don't fully understand either. And maybe I will need to speak some words of truth if as I sit with you in this, I start to notice some things and I I can hold up a mirror and in great humility and with a lot of grace say, hey, I'm wondering if you've thought about it this way, but I'm doing that with humility and I'm first coming alongside of you and I'm sitting with you in the dirt and in the mud of your pain. I'm not floating above you with all of these easy answers that do nothing but make you feel more alienated. That's what spiritual bypassing does. It makes us feel alone in our pain. It makes us feel like if we were just to be better Christians, if we would just pray more, if we would just be more faithful, we could just sort of float up out of our pain and walk around with this sort of numbed out bliss. And it doesn't work. And it's not the example that we see in the Gospels. And it's not the example that we see in Jesus. Instead of entering into the pain of a hurting soul with compassion, humility, and the gift of loving presence, or frankly, of practical help, right? We minimize, we spiritualize, and we make faulty assumptions. In effect, we are wounding the already wounded. We're saying if you were a better Christian, you wouldn't be feeling this way. You wouldn't be going through this. We're blaming 
others in the name of our faith. We become the very people Jesus rebuked when he said of the religious teachers of his day. This is what he said about them. Matthew 23, 4, he said, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them, right? They're not willing to go down into the mud, in that pain, in the heartache, in the challenge of that other person's trauma, of that other person's pain, and actually get in the mud and get dirty and say, hey, I'm in this with you. I don't have easy answers for you, but I'm here. Instead, they stay up out of it and just kind of scold, just kind of judge, just kind of spout out easy, feel-good platitudes that do not meet other people in their pain. We tell the hurting person to be more spiritual instead of doing the holier, embodied, more important work of sitting beside them in their pain. Sometimes we do this to ourselves instead of seeking to understand our painful emotions or, frankly, even our reactions to other people that we don't really like. Again, those fight-flight responses where we lash out. We just ask God to remove them or to work a miracle in our life. And listen, there's nothing wrong with asking God for a miracle. But what I've learned living a few decades on this planet is we don't always get the miracle and we're still responsible to do the work. Sometimes God answers us with a miracle, and sometimes God says, this is going to be a daily practice. Sometimes we get that miracle of healing. More often, God says, partner with me to take brave steps each day. You have a part to play. I cannot even tell you, and I'll get into this more in next week's episode, how much God has been teaching me that lately. I so desperately want the miracles, the quick fixes, the easy way out. And so often God is saying, I'm healing you. I'm here. And it is not the easy way. It is the way that requires digging deeper and facing the truth of what's hard, facing the truth of what I don't often want to see about my own self, and taking tiny, brave steps every single day, floundering a lot, sometimes seeing a glimpse of grace, but all the while holding tightly to the hand of Christ who says, I am with you as you walk through it. I may not pick you up out of it, but I will not leave you as you walk through it spiritual bypassing. We do it to other people. We do it to ourselves. And it's not what Jesus does to us. Jesus walks with us through the valley of the shadow of our lives. Imagine what you could learn by spending every day for a year on a psychiatrist's couch. In the pages of Change Your Brain Every Day, you'll get a year's worth of life-changing daily wisdom from Dr. Amen, one of the world's most prominent psychiatrists. In Change Your Brain Every Day, psychiatrist and clinical neuroscientist Daniel Amen, MD, draws on over 40 years clinical practice with tens of thousands of patients to give you the most effective daily habits he has seen that can help you improve your brain, master your mind, boost your memory, and make you feel happier, healthier, and more connected to those you love. 
Incorporating Dr. Amen's tiny habits and practices over the course of a year will help you create an ongoing sense of purpose in a way that informs your daily actions. Manage your mind to support your happiness, inner peace, and success. Today is the day to start changing the trajectory of your life one tiny step at a time. Visit changeyourbrainbook.com to learn more. It's so frustrating to check a label only to find all sorts of hidden sugars, especially when it's vitamins for your kids. Haya vitamins are made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet they taste great and are perfect for picky eaters. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. The bright yellow bottle, complete with stickers and great taste, makes taking vitamins fun for kids of all ages. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash best of you. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash best of you and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Spiritual bypassing is not what scripture recommends. Jesus welcomes the beat-up, downtrodden, hopeless, even doubting souls he encounters. See Job 42, 7-8, Isaiah 53, 4, John eleven thirty three, and Matthew 5, 3-5. Jesus does not exile those people who are hurting and in the messed-up middle of their lives. He doesn't say, go get yourself cleaned up and then come back to me. He says, I'm here with you now. I'm sitting with you here at this well. I'm sitting with you here at this pool of exiles. I'm coming to you right where you are. I think of the words of Jesus when he said in Matthew 25, and these words bring fear and trembling to us because they apply to all of us. And I do not always get this right. Please hear me say that. I know I do not always get this right. Here are the words of Jesus. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then again, he goes on to say, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. What are we doing for people when they're hurting, when they're suffering? Are we slapping pat answers on them? Are we telling them to pray more? Are we slapping Bible verses on them? Are we saying, hey, what do you need? Do you need food? I'll bring you a casserole and I'll sit with you while you grieve. Do you need something to drink? A cold glass of water? Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need me to take out and just listen why you share with me what you're struggling with. And I won't judge and I won't try to solve your problem. Let me just take you out and be with you and listen to you and bear witness to your pain. And maybe I'll offer some insight. Sure. You know, maybe I'll say, have you thought of this? Sure. But I'm going to be with you and I'm going to listen and I don't have all the answers, but I'm not going to leave you alone. Maybe you're lonely and you just need some company. 
You just need someone to show up in your house and not try to solve your loneliness problem, but to show up every once in a while and say, hey, I'm here. I'm Christ in the flesh. I'm not perfect, but I am bringing my embodied comfort to your doorstep. Can I come in and just sit with you for a minute, not to solve anything, just to take your loneliness away for one moment? What if we went to the friends who are struggling with addictions, with really hard challenges and said, hey, I know you're in a rough place. I don't have all the solutions for you. Could I go with you to a support group meeting? Could I drive you? And imagine for just one moment if that's how we all were with each other. When we share about our own struggle with depression or anxiety, we share about our own marriage challenges, or we share about something our kid is going through, or we we share about a hard situation at work or a, a really hard financial situation. And the very first thing that we were met with were the words, tell me more about that. I care. I'm here. I want to learn more about what you're dealing with, right? What if we first started with that? What if we first started by entering in and saying, I'm here. And what if that's how other people met you in return? I can just imagine this way that we are actually starting to be in community together. We're actually sitting together and listening to each other and absorbing each other's pain. And guess what? Shared pain is half the pain right there. We're not solving any problems. We're not necessarily fixing all the things, but right there is the miracle. Right there is the miracle of sitting with each other in an embodied way, saying, I'm here. I hear you. I'm listening. I'm with you. You're not alone. And that same person is going to do the same thing for me when it's my turn and when I'm struggling. And all of a sudden, there's so much trust and there's so much safety and we're coming together. And this is what I believe it means when we are confessing one to another. Hey, this is the real truth of what I'm struggling with. And it's the other person saying, I hear you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I struggle with these things over here, right? And collectively, we are connected to each other and we are becoming a body, an actual body. I just had an experience recently with a few friends where we lived this. We came together for a weekend and we just could not stop sharing, confessing, opening our hearts and souls to each other about everything that we were dealing with in our lives, with our kids, with our relationships, with our work, with all the things that we all deal with. It was a holy weekend. It was holy ground, right? We weren't solving each other's problems. Nobody went away going, oh yes, I prayed more and therefore my solutions were solved. We were just living prayer an embodied presence with each other. We were the body of Christ for each other. Before we close today, I want to talk a little bit about what I believe the antidote to spiritual bypassing is. It's what I call an embodied faith. It's faith that includes our hands, our feet, our nervous systems, our mind, our emotions. It's holistic. It's heart, mind, soul, body. And I want to turn to Hebrews 11.1 1, to just close out on this idea of what is a healthy faith? Because we do believe that God is in all of our problems, in all of our pain, that God is ultimately 
the one who cares the most about us when we're hurting and that God is the one who leads us through the valley. So if we look at Hebrews 11.1, faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we cannot see. That's the message version. I want to say that again. Faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we cannot see. Now, there's a lot in that verse, and that is not a verse that encourages spiritual bypassing, even though we are understanding faith as the foundation of everything, even all the pain that we are dealing with. If you think about it, this definition of faith in Hebrews brings together two contradictory ideas. First, faith is said to be like a firm foundation. Foundations are solid, often concrete, literally concrete, right? When you pour the foundation of the house, it's usually concrete. You can see, feel, and touch a foundation. There's no question it exists. In fact, every time you walk into a building or enter your home, you know, how often do you think to yourself, oh, I'm walking on a firm foundation, right? There's a firm foundation under my feet, but you know it's there. You just trust it implicitly. You just trust for the most part that that foundation is not going to crumble out from underneath you. That's how sure our faith in God can be no matter what we are facing, right? Faith is that firm foundation that God is there no matter what. But here's the second part of that verse. Faith is also getting a handle on what you cannot see. Getting a handle on something means to grasp something complicated, something puzzling, something sort of uncertain. You try to get a handle on a difficult situation. You try to get a handle on a challenging personality, or you try to get a handle on your anger that you feel, right? It's, it's kind of unwieldy. It's kind of wild. It's like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm trying to get a handle on it. It's, it's outside of my grasp. I don't quite have control over it. So when you're trying to get a handle on something, you're often wrestling with it a little bit. You aren't certain of how to proceed. You don't know exactly what's happening, but you know you need to stick with it. And that is also how faith is. It's a firm foundation under everything. It's also getting a handle on something we can't quite understand. We can't quite see. Faith in God is a firm foundation It's a fact. God is there. We can trust him. Faith is also getting a handle on stuff that's really hard to see, that's elusive, where God feels mysterious, where we have to feel our way through the dark. We're not sure exactly what this wild thing is that we are facing, that we are dealing with. It's scary. It's outside our control. We can't easily grasp it. And that is also faith. Both are true. Faith is a fact, and it's a work in progress. It's a wrestling. Faith is a firm foundation, and faith is a feeling our way through sometimes one tiny step at a time through a long, dark tunnel. 
A recent survey found that 7 in 10 parents get an average of just three hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year. Moms, you deserve to have quality sleep. And I know one thing that will help. It's Cozy Earth. You can discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code BESTOFYOU for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology that adapts to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. And they use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. The best part is Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of their products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. They're built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code BESTOFYOU for an exclusive 35% off. The luxury she deserves. Cozy Earth. Getting high-quality food and household essentials delivered right to my doorstep, whether it's my favorite Dave's Killer Bread, incredible wine, or seventh-generation cleaning supplies has been a game-changer for me. I love that Thrive Market only allows trusted, top-quality ingredients while restricting thousands of harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high-fructose corn syrup, and more. And with just a few clicks, I can filter out ingredients that I don't want, like gluten or high-sugar content, making it so easy to find the items I need for my family. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash you for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash you. thrivemarket.com slash you. When life is going well and things are working, faith tends to be more like that firm foundation. We can almost take it for granted. We understand that these good gifts come from God. The foundation feels solid. We're good. And it's in those seasons that it is very tempting from our safe place way up high to look down on others who are suffering and say, "Mm, they're not on that firm foundation. When in fact, our brothers and sisters, or sometimes us, When we are going through the valley, we are just as much in faith when we are feeling our way through that dark tunnel where our steps are wobbly and uncertain and we do not know. And for every step we take forward, we might be taking half a step back. We are also walking in faith. What does it mean to get a handle on faith when it feels like the foundation is crumbling underneath you? when you're trying to find your way out of an abusive relationship, when you're trying to find your way through a challenging set of issues with a child, when you're trying to find your way through a betrayal in a friendship, when you're trying to find your way through a faith community that has hurt you, when you're trying to find your way through a job that you absolutely hate and that might even be toxic, but that you need to stay afloat financially, when you're trying to find your way through loneliness and you can't get a handle on it. That is still faith. Faith is still a foundation underneath you, even when you can't see it, when you can't feel it, and you can't find those easy answers. In fact, I would argue that is an embodied faith that is even more pleasing to our God. The faith of fumbling, the faith of, I don't know what in the heck is happening, God, 
but I'm getting up this morning. I'm going to try to eat my breakfast. I'm going to try to read the Bible, even though right now I don't know exactly what it's trying to tell me because I'm confused. I'm going to pray to you, God, even though I don't know what you are doing in my life. I'm going to turn my kids over to you, even though I can't see how you are helping them. I'm going to turn this relationship to you, God. And then guess what? I am going to keep walking through this day. I'm going to keep nourishing my body with the food that it needs. I'm going to keep seeking wise counsel from people who I trust. And I'm going to keep turning away from counsel from people who are minimizing or spiritually bypassing my problems. I'm going to take one step today to nourish my body, to try to get a good night's sleep, to maybe move my body in a way that releases some tension, that releases some stress. I'm going to reach out to a friend to take a walk. I'm going to listen to some music that calms my nervous system. And guess what? I'm going to continue to turn away from those voices of people who are telling me that if I just prayed more or if I was just more spiritual, I wouldn't be having to struggle like this. Because in fact, these very acts of taking care of my body of taking care of my mind, of what I put into my ears, of what I put into my heart, of taking care of my emotions, of giving myself space to grieve, of giving myself space to be angry, of giving myself time with healthy friends who maybe even make me laugh a little bit in the midst of the pain and who take my mind off of my struggles. That is me living out my faith. That is me trying to get a handle on it. God, and you understand that. You see me here struggling my way through, wrestling my way through, and it's not always pretty, God. It is not always pretty. Sometimes I'm angry, and sometimes you're hearing it from me, but I'm still talking to you. I'm still talking to you. I'm still caring for this body. I'm not giving up on myself. I'm still here with this child of mine who's hurting. I'm still here hanging in by a thread with this marriage. I'm still here alone because I've had to leave the relationship. And a lot of people have abandoned me, but I'm still here, God. I'm not giving up on you and I'm not giving up on myself. And today that act of faith might simply be that I woke up this morning and I said, hey, God, I'm here. I'm here today. I'm going to live this day. And that is my radical act of embodied faith. The antidote to spiritual bypassing is embodied faith. And embodied faith is lived out every single day. Every single day you get up in the morning and you say, I'm here, God. I'm here, God. I haven't given up on myself yet, and I haven't given up on this person yet, and I haven't given up on you yet. I don't know what that's going to look like by the end of the day, but I'm not giving up today. I'm here. And that is my radical act of faith. And I will tell you, good and faithful servant, your God is pleased with you. Your God is pleased with you when you keep showing up every single day. And maybe your life isn't that firm foundation of just feeling all great about your faith and about God and about your life. But when your faith is that kind of feeling your way through, trying to get a handle on things, trying to wrestle it through, and you're not giving up on it every single day, you are in the heart and center of a God who loves you and of a God who walks with you. Whether you feel it or not, He is right there with you in that faith. He is right there with you. Because when we are faithful to this work, of getting up every single morning and not giving up on ourselves and not giving up on God, He is faithful to us. And I can't promise you that'll come in a really clear solution today, 
But I can't promise you that he is pleased with you, that he is pleased with you and that you are not alone in your pain and that your pain will not go unnoticed to the God who loves you and turns all things for good for those who love him. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of The Best of You. It would mean so much if you take a moment to subscribe. You can go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click the plus or follow button. That will ensure you don't miss an episode and it helps get the word out to others. While you're there, I'd love it if you leave your five-star review. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, you honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.